You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Geek Card Check. My name is Chris. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Kate, and very worried. Very, very, very worried. Yes, me yeah. too. Listen, here's here's the reason why Kate's a little bit worried. This is our Made You Watch episode. And basically what that means is each and every one of us randomly had to choose, not randomly had to choose, but was chosen one of the other co-hosts to suggest a movie for them to watch. So I chose... Uh, a television show for because Chris doesn't Tyler follow Chris, watch. Chris says, ah, never a movie. Watch, watch, never watch a television show. Here's the reason why I chose a television <laughs> show. It's because Tyler over there, he has <laughs> seen like how many movies do you have listed on Letterboxd? Like 1700. It's, it's a stupid number. Yeah, so absurd. I was like, I, I am not, I texted him a couple times and I was like, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, forget it. This is what I'm going to have you watch. Oh, so, sorry, so you got super meta. It's, it's 2,222 movies okay. that I've seen. And I, please, right. please stop the bragging already. <laughs> so I chose a, I chose a show yep. for uh, Tyler to watch. Tyler chose a movie for Kate to watch. And Kate chose something for me to watch. And we're going to discuss about why we chose those things and then what we thought about those those yeah. new those movies or television shows that we had not yet watched. I noticed that you called what I asked you to watch a thing and not yeah. oh, like yes. a movie. So that's, <laughs> it was that's, experience. I feel like you're forecasting <laughs> your feelings a little bit here. Kate, Kate chose. It's listen. This is this is going to be uh, the tease of the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Kate had me watch a movie that genuinely shocked me, um, and <laughs> that is that is difficult to do. I there was a moment <laughs> in this film, exactly when I was watching this movie that she recommended, ladies and gentlemen. This is something that Kate asked me to watch, and I I literally out loud. Yes, it was it was a an audible gasp. Like, what am I watching right now? So, uh, I can't wait to talk about that. But we're not going to start there. We're going to start with what I chose for Tyler to watch. Now, yeah. listen, um, I you raved I, about this a while ago. I like, did. I, this has been on my list for a while. I think we talked about this on a what you've been watching episode mm-hmm. several months ago. Um, and I chose uh, for Tyler to watch C, S E E. It is a, uh, a a show on Apple TV Plus, uh, and uh, it stars Jason Momoa. Uh, it it stars um, who else? Alfred Woodward. Uh, oh yeah, um, Alfred Woodward from yeah. uh, Star Trek uh, First Star Contact. Star Trek First Contact. Yep. Um, so it, some really good um, actors. It's it's about. Let's see here. I'm going to I'm going to read the actual IMDb uh, synopsis far in a dystopian future. The human race has lost the sense of sight and society has had to find new ways to interact, build, hunt and survive. All of that is challenged when a set of twins is born with sight. So uh, I really enjoyed this show and I uh, asked Tyler to watch the first two or three episodes Mm -hmm. to see what he thought. And so Tyler Apparently you have done that. Yep. What did I you did. think of What did you think of C? I watched the first two episodes, uh, and okay. I think I will. By the way, just like so, spoilers. I think I'm going to finish the first season because I was certainly intrigued enough by the premise. Yeah. Um, and I would say the first two episodes. I don't know if it was planned like this or was it released weekly? I assume it was. It was. 
Anyways, okay. Um, so I don't know if the first two episodes were planned to be sort of a a, um, a, a two part pilot. Is kind of how it felt to me. Like it was, the first yep. two episodes were very much set up for what's about to happen. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's pretty much exactly like you described. Jason Momoa is actually not. He's almost not as much of a main character as I expected him to be. Um, yeah. He's he's certainly a, a, a significant character, but it from where things look, it doesn't look like he's going to be the the main protagonist of it. But I, again, I could be wrong. Um, yeah, it's it's this really interesting world. Uh, it's well shot. It's really really beautifully shot. Show. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's set like 600 years, I think, in the future. Yeah, human beings do not have sight anymore. Uh, in fact, talking about sight is heresy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about they talk about it like as the light, the, the, which is you know some some you get some nice interesting me- metaphor of darkness and light are flipped in terms of good and evil, yep. uh, in terms of how they refer to it. Um, uh, there's a there's an evil queen uh, who prays in a very strange and like <laughs> sexual way it's very yes, it's, i was like she does like, oh, okay that's how she prays all right in this in this like kind of like i, I mean perverted not in a sexual way but like pervert it's a, a transformed version of the lord's prayer is is being said mm-hmm. during it and and it's 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 really interesting um she sort of has like some electricity and so like she that you can see that's how she has power both literally and figuratively um and uh but yes like so she's sort of the the least primitive uh, of the the societies but everybody else is kind of living in these villages she's she's privileged right i mean like that's yeah yeah. she literally lives in luxury yeah in a a former hydroelectric dam which is how she has some power correct uh and they it's, it's really the world building is cool. There's a couple of things I have like quibbles with, but mm-hmm. but the world building is really super cool. It, it is uh, like the, the opening scene is a gigantic battle uh, between these two the, these witch finders, which which I haven't seen much more since the beginning. But I mean I'm intrigued by them. These witch finders and their army, and then Jason Momoa's village, um, and it's it's cool how they work out like following following him like they snap to to get people to follow them or they they're, they're, they're interesting things there are a couple things in the fight that i wish they had done like there's some cool there's some cool battle scenes that you know rival a lot of things that we see on tv right now that i i wish had been done almost in a more daredevil-y way where mm. like i, I kind of want to see a bit more what they see maybe we will later on but i like how how do they get by in a battle like is it just by sound is it just by um yeah, like do we do we get some kind of like sonar, uh, hmm. vision, which is what the which is what the title sequence is. The title sequence looks a lot like the Daredevil sonar vision. Um, okay, I know, of, I understand now. What you're you saying. You're, what I mean? saying you're, you're saying more like Daredevil's powers. Yes, yeah. Not How do we. I thought you were talking about like cinematography wise oh, no. shot like no, Daredevil. Sorry. Okay, I understand what you're saying like now. Explaining how they see what they or how they get by, because um, there's there's yeah. a couple really cool things like we we figure out how they communicate, um, yes. which is based in some real world things like uh, uh-huh. and I, I forget if it's a if it's an African or a, or a um, or a I want to even say it's an Asian it's an Asian like old way of, of communicating like by knots on ropes that they can mm-hmm. read almost like a braille. It's um, so they, it's like it's, their books and, and, yeah. and like some, and their it's sacred really texts long ropes are, are, are like, knotted. it's like a tapestry based in reality. Yeah. It's so, it's very, very cool. Well, yeah, well it's, thought it's, out. It's really well thought out. They took good bits and pieces from, from real, the real world to kind mm-hmm. of explain how they do some things. Um, 
but yeah, so, so the world building is, is honestly what was most intriguing for me. Um, the the twins that are born. Now, I didn't know the, the premise. I, you know, I don't watch trailers. I, I really don't. Other than I, I knew that it was a blind uh, blind world. And yeah. so I assumed that somebody is going to come into it with sight because that's, you know, that's going to, you know, of course happen. But I, I didn't I didn't predict. Uh, and I don't know where it's going. You know, these two these twins are they going to take over is it gonna like they fast forward mm. through time quite a bit in the first two episodes and so like the twins are not i assumed yeah. it was going to be let's protect these babies but now when i just left them at the end of the second episode they're 16 i think and yeah um and it's and like books are these treasured possessions because nobody can read so like why would anybody have kept books around but somebody did and it's it's mm-hmm. just cool it's it's a cool world that i'm intrigued to to dig into a bit more Yes, and and the metaphors are strong as yeah. well. Like you know, like you just said, the flipping of the darkness light and the and light, dark. and fearing the light. Not even fearing the light, but you know, making that evil. Like if it's, you can, it's, it's taboo to talk about. You can't talk about light. Yes, um, at all. Yeah, the, it's the, the mere concept of it. Mm-hmm. It it's very neat. But I I do you know, and as you if you continue to watch the show, yeah. um, I I think they do a very good job of exploring that world to a very interesting conclusion. Yeah. Uh, some of my favorite moments uh, that I remember, it's been a while since I've actually watched it, but some of my favorite moments are like the way that they get around in their, yeah. um, uh, their, their like villages. They've got yeah. like ropes at the These top. Little, yeah. The so they can, yeah. they can feel where they are. Like they just put their little like cane or whatever at the top mm-hmm. and then they can like r- run real fast because they know exactly where they are within mm-hmm. in, in the in the village and they don't ever explain that but like yeah. you get to realize oh they're literally they're feeling for where it they are on the roads to, exactly instead of like street signs yeah they have these guide yep. ropes that are everywhere it's really but the, yeah they're high um one of the cool i just that just for some reason reminded me one of the coolest things too that i've only seen a taste of they have these I think they just call them shadows, but I, I don't know yes. really how to describe them. There are these these utterly mute and possibly slightly crazy and maybe like prophet like kind of creatures. Uh, they're they're humans. They're people who have decided, um, like who who have taken themselves entirely out of society. They like they have sect. covered themselves. Yeah, like a sect. They have covered themselves in in mud so that you can't smell, smell them, them or or feel their body heat. And they walk completely silently, um, and but everybody knows they're there. But they're kind of almost a myth, um, and they they kind of just follow behind people every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't know what they're what they, where well, that's going to go, but yeah. But I mean, I mean imagine they only what, move when somebody else is speaking or moving, so that they can they can't be heard. It's 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 super fascinating. It's this it's a cool world that they've built. That's intriguing to me. So so the shadows have done nothing since in the two episodes that you've watched. The only thing that I've seen is there's a conversation between the the traitorous villager. Uh, there's a there's a villager who rats them out and basically says there's a witch in like a husband and wife. Is. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's either or a couple or whatever. I think it's a, an they might be cheating. An, an I can't remember. Nephew or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Some, something like that. That's um, right. That's right. They're like walking through the village, and you just see right. this like this naked person. They're not naked. There's no nudity, but you could tell like there's they're they are naked. They just are covered in mud. Yeah. Um, like just kind of walking behind them, and they're talking about it and about her and uh. And she's like messing with them. It's super cool. It's like this weird. It's hard to describe. Like it's it's just she's well, messing with them, but also 
getting charged from them, like getting instructions from them. But it's but she's also very autonomous. She can do whatever she wants. It's interesting. What's very interesting about the show is that what you just described is that obviously we are all watching it, right? We have the ability to see. Yeah, but they don't see. see anything. Yeah. And so you can see what they don't see. Yeah. And so oftentimes in shows, you know, you're watching a, you know, a conversation go on and you realize that one character has more information than the other right. character, right? right? Well, in this show, it is visibly evident that sometimes mm-hmm. one character knows and they can be holding, you know, a, a vital piece of proof right there. But because nobody can see, no one knows. Like, so right. it can be in the truth or the, the thing that could save you is inches away. Yep. But you have no idea that it's there. And so the yep. tension can be so intense mm-hmm. because the character has no idea what's around them. And yet you, as the audience watching, knows exactly what they need to do. And the the way in which the writers get the character from A to B in that world, I found to be incredibly mm-hmm. interesting and captivating. So that's why I recommended it, and I hope you keep watching it. I think for it's, sure it, it's, it's definitely got a great watching. it's got a great score. Bear McCreary <coughs> yes. does the score, and we love yep. him. It's it's just a it's a well done show overall. I, I I've been wondering about its fate. I haven't looked it up its fate like, post COVID because um, mm. it was obviously all out before COVID was. But I mean, I assume it takes a while to film these episodes, so. I wonder where, where it went. So cool. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for watching C. Oh yeah. It was great. And, and I, I would recommend it and, uh, and I would, I'm going to, I'll finish it. So cool. Great. Awesome. So then I made Kate watch mm. a documentary and this is a documentary. I've been an apologist for this documentary for years. I love this documentary. Uh, and then I, I watched it with my wife because I've been trying to get her to watch it too. So this is really just a, a, uh, an excuse also to, <laughs> to, to, to do double duty there and get a couple people to watch it and then to talk about it. Uh, so I had you watch the Banksy-directed documentary, supposedly Banksy-directed documentary, Exit Through the Gift Shop, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of just about how this guy becomes – I should have read a synopsis, but how this guy is documenting street art and then becomes a street artist himself and sort of cashes in and sells out um, street art. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Well, Tyler, um, I have some feelings about this. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I feel like you have altered a key piece of our relationship by making me watch this. What? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really know. Um, How we're going to move forward from this? Yeah. It's it's going to be a brave new world. Because here's the <laughs> thing, Tyler. Yeah. This thing that you made me watch. Yeah. I actually liked it. Yes! This never happens. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I was like, she can't not like this. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. <sighs> yes, but there was what no way like I wasn't going to mess with you about that up front. Oh. So, covered that. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I watched it uh, with Peter. Okay. And I think I can do a slightly better job of introducing it than you did there, but it's yeah. still kind of an experience in its own right. It is. It's it's an experience in it, like in it. Yeah, it's an experience of a movie. It's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. So Banksy is uh, a British street artist who uh, has done some pretty famous things mm-hmm. uh, around the world. And do yourself a favor and just read the Wikipedia article on him. But yeah. He did this documentary film, and the person he did the documentary about is a French immigrant to L.A. Uh, 
Terry is the guy's name or Terry as the Brits called him in this. And he's basically a guy who selling secondhand clothes discovered a camera and then the camera was functionally glued to his hand from then on. He just mm-hmm. filmed everything in his For life years. up until he accidentally discovered a cousin of his uh, doing street art. Um, his cousin is the street artist invader who puts space invaders up mm-hmm. in cities around the world. And from then on became hooked on filming street artists doing their stuff, you know, in the middle of the night, the, the chase, all that sort of stuff. And they kind of accepted him in because um, they thought he was, he sort of was backed into a corner. They assumed he was doing a documentary and he's like, okay, I guess I'm doing a documentary now. And just kept compiling all of this video. But he filmed like 10,000 hours, they said, yeah. of, of this. Yeah. But had no idea what to do with it until he was kind of called on it eventually um, mm-hmm. by Banksy. And so he tries to cut something together brings it to Banksy and it is to put it charitably utterly awful it's hot it's hot garbage yeah absolutely (laughs) and so he winds up licensing all this footage that he's taken over the years to Banksy who then actually creates the documentary but then puts this puts Thierry at front and center telling the story of him and how this all happened in the documentary and so you get some cool street art stuff, but you also get Thierry's really weird rise from supposedly filmmaker, but not really to, okay, pseudo documentarian to deciding to start doing street art himself. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he... And taking on a pseudonym himself. and, and uh, yeah, 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 Mr. Brainwash. And he sort of mimics what he sees from everyone else. So Banksy, one of the things that Banksy is famous for is he took street art and mainstreamed it he actually got art house auction shows where his stuff was selling for thousands uh he had a big opening i want to say it was in la but i'm not sure i'm remembering that correctly now but he did a big yeah, it was LA. art exhibit and like they're showing video of this and i'm like there's brad pitt there's yeah. jude law like people yeah. like that were at his art event they actually had a literal elephant in the room at one point that he had painted. That no one understood. I love that. Or they they got it but they but they were too preoccupied yeah. with like PETA stuff that right. like yeah. So like he it's... had things to say with his art. He mainstreamed yeah. it. You have collectors collecting his stuff. Mm-hmm. And then here's this hack who comes in and starts doing this sort of knockoff street art and then decides to launch his own show, gallery showing. And it's just a hot mess, and weirdly, he actually pulls it off, and people start buying it, and it works. And, and, and starts it... selling stuff for, like, $24,000 a yeah. pop. And, and, and he's just naming prices. Like, somebody calls him and is like, I want that that uh, Madonna who's sort of, like, dressed up like Marilyn Monroe. Like, very Warhol-ish kind of stuff with yeah. some graffiti, like, stuff across it. Super knockoff. Like, I don't know. $24,000. I don't know. $18,000. And just like names prices and just gets it. And, and he just makes insane. stuff up. Like he doesn't yeah. actually have an artistic vision that he's trying to say something. He just no. pulls stuff out of nowhere and gets away with it. But like um, sticking post he like he would go through just an art book, like a modern art book and like stick post-its in there. And then ha- he's got, so it's, it's kind of the James, this is a whole tangent we shouldn't get on, but like, it's kind of the James <laughs> Patterson writer's farm thing that happens. Right, where he but puts worse. up the idea and other people actually do the work and then yeah. he takes the claim for it. And yeah, yeah it's, it's, a and whole... he'll go around and like splatter some paint on it to make it like his, to make it original. Had, 
Yeah. He's yeah. had his minions like Photoshop a couple of things first, print it out on canvas, and then he splatters it and then sells it for quarter Thousands. million dollars or whatever. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just ridiculous. And when he asked Banksy for a quote when he was trying to market his show, but the best Banksy can manage is actually quite clever. He refers to him as a force of nature, but not in a good way. Yeah. Um, and yet that actually helps him sell more. So anyway, it's this whole yeah. crazy, it's, it's, there's an inherent situational comedy in this of the, I can't believe this is happening and oh my yeah. word, that actually worked and this is ridiculous and it's real. There is some question, there's there's some debate over whether or not the documentary is real or if it's yet another yeah. Banksy art creation, you know, maybe a yeah. mockumentary. And yeah. honestly, whether it's true or not, it does, it does a layered it, look in a light way mm-hmm. that's very fun to watch about what is art anyways because like mm-hmm. street art was poo-pooed and then banksy levels it up and then this hack somehow produces stuff that's not really art in the sense of a coherent vision saying something he just made stuff up but it's bought as art and traded as art so did we just completely devalue the meaning of yeah. art by this but then it's also like it it kind of doesn't matter because it's being treated like art so it is art you know like it's 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 so it's it's a really cool commentary on all of that i i this it's why i love this movie it's such an intriguing it doesn't matter if it's real or not it might be it might not be doesn't matter and part of what makes it work is you don't have to care about art to watch this it's an entertaining look at a bunch of street artists in this weird dude who gets away with something that should have never worked and um it's not like it's implicitly deep but it doesn't drag you in with the whole and here's the boring talking head part like it's got a really fine balance where if you have an hour and a half to kill this Mm -hmm. is maybe the most fun documentary just you know laid back fun no yeah. um no heavy weight needed and yet it still says something yeah um it did premiere at the sundance film festival and it was nominated for an academy award for best documentary feature um and this is not the only thing banksy has done though i think it's probably what he's best known for in terms Although of like people the outside the street art world yeah, at the very end, I like the tag where he says, uh, it, "Like Banksy, Banksy swore never to make a documentary about street art with Terry ever again, or something like that." It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very funny. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just good. So uh, it's, it's it's like documentary fluff that accidentally, or maybe on purpose, says something more and makes it enjoyable. Yeah, isn't that yeah. what art is? Accidentally on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what it always is? And, and it, enjoyable and thought provoking. It's it's great. Uh, Chris, yeah. have you seen it before? Oh yeah, it's yeah. been years though. I yeah. mean, like I well, as you guys are describing it, it's it, like it's, ten years it's old. coming. Yeah, it's because it's coming back to me like a memory, and I'm like, oh, that's right. I really enjoyed that. I, I watched a lot of documentaries, and I okay. really did enjoy that one. So that that was that was that was good. Yep. Yeah. It's what kind of got me back into documentaries too. Like it, I, yeah. I watched it not long after it came out. I probably saw it the year it came out when I when I got on DVD. Probably because I saw that it had been nominated, and. I just started eating up documentaries after that because yeah. I had just forgotten how how much of a blast they can be. A good mm-hmm. documentary can be just absolutely enthralling and fascinating. And then there's, you know, arduous, boring ones. So, yeah. 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 And something to watch out for, there is a scene in here where they go to Disneyland and they do a pop-up art thing that references Guantanamo Bay. And you're like, oh, that just happened. And the Disney cops yeah. are on him. 
Oh yeah, it's <laughs> you great. You see the dark I side of Disney. One. Well, hear about the dark side of Disney, yeah. but not in you know an awful way. Just a whole whoop. You don't want to mess with them. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. mess with Disney. <clears throat> yep. Cool. So, so yeah. So Tyler, we'll see if you can do it again. That's, nah. that's my challenge for you. <laughs> <laughs> one out of two. Yeah. All right, Kate. What did you make Chris watch? And and I I haven't seen this, and so I uh, I'm just gonna mm. kind of sit back and listen. I'm kind of curious. So I had Chris watch "Sorry to Bother You," which I watched last summer with my husband, and I think it came out the year before in theaters, and it's so. <laughs> When I thought about when I was watching the movie, there was a point where I I, I looked at him and went, I gotta have one of the boys watch this. So, you know, <laughs> it's just a question of how things one? Um, turn out for our next major watch, because it's it's a movie that deserves to be talked about, but it's also out there and weird and experimental, and it's probably like mm. nothing you've ever seen before. Um, as just a movie with, like, if you're bored with the same formulas in film, th- this is not boring. I will say I almost didn't recommend it to Chris because of that one particularly shocking bit. But then I thought, you know what? Chris can handle oh. weird. So Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I there is, went there, ahead yeah. with it. But I will say for anyone who's planning to watch it, do not watch it with the kids around. <laughs> no. No, this is not a kids movie. It is, it is absolutely not. not. So, Chris, this this film that I inflicted upon you, are you yeah. still speaking to me? <laughs> I yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I will always speak to you. You know, this this movie while I was watching it, I I I this is my thoughts. This is very it's it's like Brazil and Office Space by way of Get Out. Oh, wow. Uh, what? That, that is what awesome. this, that's what this movie is. <laughs> It's Brazil and Office Space. So it is a, like, I would call it like a, a workplace horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about, uh, and but it's completely absurdist, just yes. like Brazil is. Um, so there are just some moments uh, that are, like you just described, uh, as being very shocking. Uh, unlike anything you've seen in film uh, before or after. There are, mo- there, yes. there, there are things that happen that I just... You, you could not plan for. I'm having a hard time even saying it because I feel like it's going to be spoilery and I, Tyler is still listening and so I don't want to spoil it for him. So I'm, I'm going to do my best to not spoil because I've got a feeling a to, lot of... Do you want me to take off my headphones? No, no, no. Because okay. I've, got a, I've got a feeling a lot of people haven't seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't... If you're still listening to the podcast, I don't want you to feel like, oh, he's going to spoil um, the movie. And I'm not going to, but I do want to give at least my, my thoughts. I... I I liked this movie um, to a certain point, but at the same time, it 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 is very difficult to watch um, mm-hmm. for a variety of different reasons. Um, there is that subtext layer, uh, very similar to Get Out, right? Get Out's a very good horror movie, just on the surface, just on the surface level, but it's also trying to say something underneath. This movie, I don't think, is quite that clever. Um, it pretty much is wearing its meaning on its sleeve uh it is saying exactly what it wants to say and for that i don't i want to knock it down and say it's not as good but i just feel like it's it's not very clever when when it comes to its like meaning or what it's trying to say it is very much saying hey listen 
in a workplace, you need to, you know, if, if you're not taking care of one another, then you can very easily become, uh, you know, a, a slave to the master. But Chris, uh, and would then, you say by owning what it's doing, like with the voices and such, yeah. it gave it more creative room to do things that if they were implicit, you can't really do. Well, I don't know. I mean, again, like it's it's a question of do you do you want to walk out of the theater after watching it, and know exactly what the what what this is saying, or do you want to like a Brazil walk out and be like, hey, what was that mm. saying to me again? What 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 am I supposed to do? Do you want to have a conversation? Or I don't I don't feel like this movie really starts a conversation other than the fact that the act what it's trying to say like the the um, the issues and problems in the real world it brings up. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a conversation to have there. Yes. But as far as the meaning of the movie goes, there's not much. I don't feel like it's there's subtext, sublayer there. You're thinking like, oh, what did what did they mean by that? Is or what are it's they trying more to calling say? Calling things out than it is very depicting or describing or I'm not yeah because you know I mean there there's a lot of like cutaways to almost like RoboCop esque um, like commercials. Uh, if you guys mm-hmm. remember RoboCop, like Paul Ver- Paul Verhoeven loves and and same thing with starship troopers they like they cut away to these um you know the in world (laughs) yeah propaganda moments and they're just some really like hard hitting like oh okay you're litter you're going after the prison system right now okay i get you i get it i understand now yes i understand i get it i get what you're trying to say and i i think that's all very it, it is very stylish um it is really well done um i i i enjoyed it but it is still, like I said before, a hard movie uh, to watch. And it would be even harder, I feel like, to, like, um, uh, not recommend, but, like, to prepare someone for. Does that make sense? It does. Like, and if it, weren't, yeah. if it weren't for the fact that this was a made-you watch, I would have probably tried to prepare you for it. But as it was, I went, I'm just going to go for full no, shock value. It, yeah. And, and if you have somebody like that, that's great. But, I mean, like... The cast alone, like I don't, I don't know if we already said, but Tessa Thompson yeah. is in this. Terry Crews, uh, the voice of Pat Oswald, uh, David, Cro- the voice of David Cross, Danny, Danny Glover. Glover, yeah, Danny Glover and Army Hammer. I mean, like, oh, Army it, Hammer's it is, character, oh my yeah. goodness, like the most over top the top I've ever seen him, and you're just like he's chewing the scenery. Oh, very much so, very, very much so, and it. And again, everybody is on their A game. There yeah. is nothing that is sloppy about this movie. I don't mean to give, I don't want to give that impression. It is just. Um, it's not going to give you a hug. <laughs> no, no. It's in fact the opposite. It's, it's more interested in knocking you over the head, I think, is what this movie is. It is, it is not. Uh, there, there are scenes in this movie that are, that are full on just here is something that you need to deal with. And it's like dropping a brick on your head. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, bam. Oh, okay. Uh, but okay, yeah. I mean, literally, there's, there's a moment where somebody gets hit in the head, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, that becomes Lakeith, like a, the rallying cry. Lakeith Stanfield is the main character, but I do feel like he sells it, though, don't you? Oh, very much so. His Yeah, his attitude, his uh, general like um, outlook on life mm-hmm. um, is very understandable, uh, and it is very... You like him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even though he's sometimes doing some some, you know, not shady things, but kind of just like what you, what is happening right now? What is happening to you? Why are you doing? Even there's maybe in some other movies that might become unlikable, but for me, I I think he did a very good job of towing the line of you always feel like you're with him, and yeah. um, and he's yeah. I has he been in anything else that I would know of? Because I feel like. 
he should be in other things. Ricky like, Stanfield, uh, was it? It's he's in Hamilton. He's in Knives he's Out. Also, he's in Knives, Knives out. out. And he's thank in, you. Uh, oh, Jack Horseman. Get, he's in Get Out as well. Isn't I haven't. He? I haven't seen him. If you watch and, the TV show see. Atlanta, he's also uh, in that. Lives Knives Out. Yes, that's he's right. The, he's straight he's out of Compton. Inspector. If you've seen that. Yep. I've seen Straight Outta Compton. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I, I he. I mean, I don't know. I. I I, I really I I appreciated this movie, mm-hmm. Kate. Um, I would have never watched this movie if it was not for your recommendation, um, and I'm I'm better for it. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure I will revisit it. Um, and uh, there there will only be a specific group of people in my world and in my life that I would recommend it to. Mm-hmm. Namely, would be to the screeners podcast. I'm sure most of them have seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure those guys would appreciate it as well. It is, it is definitely a, uh, a niche. yeah, a niche. Yes. Yes. Because it just is, it is so freaking weird. You have to be willing to see something artsy and on the cutting edge. But I think if you're up for that, you're, you're, you're going to have a good time with Sother. sorry to bother you. So yeah, yeah. it takes you, deeper into reality by taking you out of reality um yes yeah hyper reality we're talking yeah. about hyper hyper if, if again like i said i really feel pretty good about my description here it's brazil um it is uh, office space by way of get out like yeah it, that is how i would describe if, if that intrigues you like if you think oh interesting then you're probably gonna have a good time sorry to bother you Tyler, huh. I'm really looking forward to seeing what your experience. Yes, <laughs> I'm. I'm in. I'm very intrigued. It's on Netflix. Uh, Hulu, I think. Uh, Hulu. Yes, it's on Hulu. Okay. Yep, that's where I watched it. I'm yep. very intrigued. I'm. Yeah, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> it is an I, intriguing film. Yeah. So in an interesting. I don't know what to even with all of that. I have no idea what to think. So that's that's good. You guys did a good job of of moving around it. I think a little bit. So that was, yeah. That was good. I I don't I don't want to spoil it. And there are obviously specifics. I don't know if there's anything you want to specifically talk about, Kate, but... um. I'm just thinking about the three films, or the three picks for our discussion. How Mm. what Tyler watched is seeing the world in a different way. Mm -hmm. And what I watched is asking... Uh, in a way, what does art mean and how much is what you see into it and how much of it is implicit with that? And then with Sorry to Bother You, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's a film that shows you things that you might recognize or understand but makes you see them in a completely different way hmm. that highlights what it's saying. I mean, as you said, it does hit you on the head a bit, but it's also, there's no escaping that vision and staying comfortable within it. It makes, it uses art satirically to make you uncomfortable in a way that's a weirdly fun ride. Yeah. And I mean, again, like you, you know where they're going. There's a line and you're like, okay, that's where they're taking us. And then they just cross that line like over and over and over again. It's just like, it's like, Oh no, this is what we're saying. This is we're saying, okay, I get it. No, 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 you don't get it hear it and they just continue you know what i mean it's just a continual yeah. like breaking through of where most film would stop at this moment mm-hmm. they're gonna say no that's not where we're stopping we're gonna take it to that next hyper uh you know 
crazy level just to set the point. It reminds um, me of the and, TV and, like, show you know, Legion a little bit that way, where Legion, yeah, with its breaking at the fourth wall or unzipping it at times and just doing weird, bizarre, out there things as a part of its yep. storytelling. And it was like with Legion, I was not interested in it until Peter's like, yeah, just, just try an episode. And then it went through and it's like, I've had so many boring things to watch. And by boring, I guess I mean repetitive tropes and whatever. And yeah. it took it somewhere really, it took a, a artistically did something genuinely different than what I'd seen before. And there's in a time Which, when successful or not is always, is always appreciative or appreciated. Yeah. Because we were like seeing so many remakes and reboots and there's a, there are reasons why that are understandable, but we're not seeing as much creative, genuine creative flair on screen. And so when you have those moments, you're like, Ooh, that's interesting. I haven't seen yeah. that before. I, I've never seen that before. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's this is... I, I just, we, we were talking about this before we started recording. I just saw Tenet, um, mm-hmm. in, in theaters, which, uh, which is a, a certainly very a lot of similar things. I would say it's it's Inception does does James Bond is kind of how I would say it. But like it it's there are a couple things in there that I was like successful or not that I think they they weren't one hundred percent successful with. But like I haven't seen that before. That was really cool. Like mm-hmm. it's and that's what you can always expect from Nolan. Anyway, all that to say, like I, I appreciate. Yeah, I echo what you're saying. I think that's yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, this, this, uh, sorry to bother you definitely gives you that feeling that um, you are in the hands of a director leading you into their vision. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is nothing sloppy about this at all. It definitely feels like you are in, you, you're in for the ride that you were meant to have. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's some great moments of like, I mean, he's a telemarketer, um, mm-hmm. and so at the very beginning, he's learning to put his. Well, that's white your voice. sorry to bother you, because yes, where he calls gotcha, people gotcha. at okay. home, interrupting, yeah. and yes, he 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 has to put on his white voice, and you know his white oh. voice is oh, David sure. Cross. So like you know, it's oh, it's a different voice. They use a different. They use voice. a white actor's oh, voice. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> if you're familiar with the comedian David Cross, it's David yeah, Cross. Yeah. Like it is, that's he is funny. the most nasally guy. Like it is mm-hmm, unbelievable mm-hmm. to me. Uh, it's very funny, but like whenever he does get on the phone with somebody, he's physically in the room, like the camera switches to him physically being in the room with the person that he's calling. Cool. Um, and so there's some very, that's what I mean by it's all very surreal. Like suddenly he's in the room with, you know, the people who is, he's having a conversation with, he's, he's, he's having a conversation with these people or there's a, there's a, there's a moment when he's, he's, he's in the the bathroom with a guy taking a dump on the toilet. (laughs) And it's like one of those Japanese, Japanese toilets in order to seal the deal. He kind of turns on the, you know, the spray and the guy's like, Oh, and then he gets the deal because he's made the man feel good. And so like, it's, 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 it's so weird because, you know, did he? He didn't actually reach. Yeah, right, right. You know what I mean? And it, but it didn't they, actually have. They break that wall just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's reality. very, Ooh. it's very weird. It's very mm. weird and strange. Uh, and it, and that is the most sane thing that happens in the movie. Sure, sure. That was kind of that. The, it. That's where it begins. That's where it starts to say, "Here's the kind of movie and the kind of ride you're in for." And then an hour later, you're like, "Where am I? What uh, just wow. happened?" Yeah. Kate, what did you have me watch? I feel dirty. Okay. <laughs> well, on that right. exciting note, did you guys have anything else to wipe that away no. with or wrap that up? Or 
nope i think uh next week we've got a check-in and then yeah. uh after that we're kind of off to the the races for the fall Okie doke. Well then, you can find us at Geek Card Check. You can tell us if you've seen these movies, what you thought of them. Um, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, I used to encourage everyone I knew to make art. I don't do that so much anymore. <laughs>